Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Wake Up for Friday, July 24th, 2020, the daily news podcast for entertainment and media business professionals. Happy Friday, y'all. Though it is definitely not a quiet summer Friday, as a large chunk of the remaining 2020 movie release schedule has essentially gone uh, bye-bye. Plus, all of the headlines have started coming out of the Comic-Con panels. And as it's Friday, I'll have a look at your entertainment options this weekend in the FSS feed. So, cheers to Friday with my favorite non-alcoholic beer, Athletic Brewing. By the way, did I mention it's Friday? Now over to Hollywood. In today's box office news, the main headline is there won't be any box office for uh, quite a long time. Today really feels like the day that most of the U.S. movie business is kind of uh, throwing in the towel on 2020. Mulan has officially been pulled by Disney with no new release date given. Paramount is moving the Quiet Place sequel from September to April of next year. And Top Gun Maverick is going from Christmas to June next summer. And even Bill and Ted are now coming to your house on September 1st, which actually kind of seems like more fun. No way! Yes way! Ah, that never gets old. Bill and Ted Face the Music is now going the PVOD, or Premium Video On Demand route. Although any movie theaters that are open on that date are more than welcome to show it the old-fashioned way. Otherwise, you can pay 20 bucks to watch it from home as September starts on a Tuesday. Which somehow, that seems very Bill and Ted. There's also a new full trailer for that movie, by the way. The link is in the episode show notes. And longer term, Disney announced that all Avatar and Star Wars movies have been pushed back a year. Just like all of your life goals. Uh, However, Disney is still keeping some of their inherited Fox movies on the fall slate. Searchlight's David Copperfield movie starring Dev Patel still has a limited August 28th opening date. And X-Men The New Mutants is also keeping that date as well. And Fox's next Agatha Christie reboot, Death on the Nile, is also slated for October 23rd. However, the next Wes Anderson movie, The French Dispatch, yada yada, has now uh, also been pulled with no new date listed. Elsewhere, Paramount is parting ways with two more movie projects. The first is their Tom Clancy movie, Without Remorse, that stars Michael B. Jordan as the former Navy SEAL character, John Clark. That one's in negotiations to go to Amazon Prime, although the deal is not final. And the Skydance and Paramount Pictures untitled Ryan Reynolds movie, whereby he travels back in time to get help from his 13-year-old self, is going to Netflix, according to the trades. The Sean Levy-directed Skydance movie now hopes to start shooting in Vancouver in November. Netflix also renewed their Steel Magnolias TV series for a season two. But they put the kibosh on a prank show that they ordered from comic Chris D'Elia and Brian Callen, according to the LA Times. And over to Comic-Con news, Amazon Prime announced that The Boys has been renewed for a season three. They also ordered a series based on the graphic novel Paper Girls. That one was created by Brian K. Vaughn and Cliff Chang. It tells the story of four girls who get caught up with uh, warring factions of time travelers in 1988. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better about 2020, but not really. Amazon also dropped a teaser trailer for the new Gillian Flynn series, Utopia. That one was previously set up at HBO back in the mid-2010s with David Fincher directing, but HBO pulled the plug on it before it started due to budget concerns. Fincher moved on, and now the nine-episode season with John Cusack and Rain Wilson in the ensemble will come to Amazon this fall. They also dropped a teaser for the new Nick Frost, Simon Pegg paranormal investigator comedy series uh, called Truth Seekers, but no premiere time frame was given for that one. Links to both are in the episode show notes, which apparently are very popular today. And we're not done yet. Elizabeth Moss, who signed a first look deal with Hulu and Fox 21 this week, has signed on to star in a new series at Apple TV. Okay. 
The metaphysical thriller is called Shining Girls, and it's based on a best-selling novel. It comes from MRC and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's Appian Way banner. Moss is going to play a reporter who survives a brutal assault, but finds her reality shifting when she tries to find her attacker. That's according to Deadline. HBO signed a deal to adapt a stage show based on the Ta-Nehisi Coates book Between the World and Me. The book was originally adapted at the Apollo Theater in 2018, and the HBO special will air sometime this fall, according to the trades. And finally, Big Brother is a go on CBS this summer. They're doing a special, quote, all-star edition. It'll premiere with a two-hour live special on August 5th and will then air three nights a week on CBS, which uh, should help out their fall calendar, as the show usually airs for three months, which I'm sure you all knew. Over in the executive suite... The head of Lonely Island's production company and producer of Palm Springs and Pen15, Becky Sloviter, is coming over to MRC Films to head up a production outfit focused on female-led comedies. Issa Rae and her production partner, Denise Davis, are launching a management division at their Color Creative Banner, hiring CAA's Talitha Watkins to head it up, according to Deadline. And former TV One network chief Wanya Lucas is the new president and COO of the Hallmark Channel, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Really hope she likes Christmas. Next up, over to the media biz and social platforms. Quiet day on the socials, but some big news in online publishing with Troy Young out at Hearst. Layoffs at BuzzFeed and the New York Post. An attempt to break down what the hell those HBO Max subscriber numbers actually mean. And more info on those rumored job cuts and reorganization on the horizon at NBC Universal. Plus a look at your weekend entertainment options and of course, today's pop quiz. Man, where do we start today? Uh, okay, let's go with Nick Frost and Simon Pegg. Of the Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz and the World's End trilogy, which one made the most money at the US box office? The answer after a break for a non-alcoholic beer from Athletic Brewing. That sound, of course, is my Friday morning podcast beer. And while I usually prefer them for lunch, I uh, already started to sweat on my walk to get my morning coffee today, so I figured it was time for a cold one. And that's just one of the things that makes Athletic Brews so great. You can have them any time of day and drink them wherever you want. On the beach this weekend, after a run, or just hanging out in the stoop as you sweat off five pounds in 20 minutes sitting in the July sun. Athletics Golden Ale is just 50 calories and their IPA is just 70. Always a good thing for that stay-at-home physique. And go to athleticbrewing.com shop and get free shipping when you order just two six-packs or more. That's athleticbrewing.com shop. They ship to all 50 states and the direct link is conveniently in the episode show notes. And now the answer to today's pop quiz. The quote Cornetto trilogy only got more popular as it went along, Uh, at least in the US. Uh, The World's End took in the most with $26 million, followed by Hot Fuzz at $22 million. However, globally, it's a hot fuzz by a mile, or I guess that's a kilometer. Uh, Hot fuzz took in $80 million worldwide, while The World's End only earned $46 million. Uh, Box office numbers, I miss you. Now over to the media biz and social platforms. Hearst CEO Steve Swartz announced that Troy Young, the president of Hearst Magazines, has agreed to resign, according to CNN. Not much else was said, but uh, after the New York Times piece on accounts of Troy's sexual innuendo-laced behavior over the years, I uh, guess there wasn't much to say. No immediate replacement was named. 
Over at BuzzFeed, they laid off 50 of these 74 employees furloughed back in the spring, according to Bloomberg. The cuts range across their news, sales, and studio divisions. The New York Post also announced a 5% staff reduction, resulting in 25 layoffs, according to CNN. AT&T CEO John Stanky added a bit more context to the HBO and HBO Max subscriber counts yesterday, according to Variety. He said that HBO Max itself signed up 4.1 million subscribers in its first month. Three million of those seem to be people who converted from HBO Now accounts or were new people who just signed up directly. Still not quite sure how that breaks down exactly, but... The other 1 million are current HBO subscribers through cable companies who signed up for their free access. Now, that's 1 million out of the 23.5 million HBO subscribers who are eligible for free HBO Max access. So that means that less than 5% of HBO-eligible subscribers signed up for HBO Max accounts in its first month. Now, HBO Max still isn't available on Roku or Amazon Fire devices, which combined are in about 80 million U.S. households. But even with that caveat, when 95% of your subscribers either don't know or don't care that they can get HBO Max for free, well, let's just say there's a lot of white space for HBO Max subscriber growth ahead. And if you find this all pretty confusing, uh, join the club. I had to read three different reports on this just to get to this point. But Variety did a good job breaking this all down, so I'll put a link to that in the show notes for anyone inclined. Either way, bigger picture, HBO slash HBO Max has gained about 2 million total new subscribers since the beginning of the year to stand at 36.3 million. And Variety also dove into the rumors of large-scale layoffs and reorganization on the horizon at NBC Universal, which was first mentioned by the New York Post on Monday. I'll put a link to the read in the show notes, but uh, it seems like most of the cuts are going to come from the international teams at Universal Pictures and some sort of emerging of the three NBCU TV groups to eliminate redundancies and, more importantly, headcount. Those three groups being NBC Entertainment, headed up by Paul Telegedy, the Lifestyle Cable Group, headed up by Francis Berwick, and the general entertainment cable networks headed up by Chris McCumber. So we'll see how all that shakes out, likely in August. And now here are the new entertainment options to enjoy in the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday ahead in the FSS feed. A pretty quiet weekend, but uh, then again, you now have plenty of baseball to watch as Fox is airing nine hours of games tomorrow, all of which will feature something called virtual fans or avatars in the seats, which I'm sure won't be creepy at all. Ah, Fox Sports. Never change. The MLB also announced that the postseason will be expanded this year to 16 teams, by the way, although somehow the Mets have already been eliminated. However, this means more games and more importantly, more ad revenue for ESPN and TBS, who will split the rights to the expanded playoffs starting at the end of September. As for today, HBO premieres the final 12-episode season of Room 104 at 11 p.m., And Jim Gaffigan drops his second Amazon Prime comedy special today, called The Pale Tourist. But let's face it, today's all about The Kissing Booth 2 on Netflix. Or at least that's all we'll be talking about on my Zoom sleepover tonight. I mean, will she go to Harvard? What's up with the new hot guy who pretends to be kind of aloof, but also seems like he might be a nice guy? So many questions. Get all of your answers today on Netflix. But we saved the biggest for last as T-Swift shocked the world yesterday as she dropped her eighth album last night at midnight called Folklore. I mean, I got a lot of great birthday gifts this week, but uh, Taylor, this is really too much. There are 16 tracks in total, but just a heads up, this one is not really full of the catchy pop tunes to put it mildly. But let's go out with a song that she made a music video for called Cardigan, which I know wasn't inspired by Dumb and Dumber, but uh, come on, it'd be really cool if it was. Pull over! No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing!
And just as Taylor also loves to tell people about her favorite podcasts, it'd be a big help to me if you uh, mention the podcast the next time you get asked, so what are you watching or listening to these days? And it gives you something new to say besides Watchmen. And also, please take five seconds to save me from the depths of the Apple Podcast app by giving a rating. It's dark here and it has a weird smell that I haven't been able to identify yet. And it's definitely not Joe Rogan. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'll see you on Monday. I was your favorite